Hello, 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 savvy mom, savvy savers, savvy money makers. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? This is Elkie, CEO and founder of Savvy Moms Unite Career Prosperity Catalyst. I'm coming to you today to talk to y'all about this uh, topic that came across my mind and it was sparked by a video clip I was watching on Instagram. You know, I, my, a lot of my inspiration for topics um, come from stuff that I've read, heard, or maybe came up in a discussion I've had with family and friends. And this discussion, this topic is something that I've spoken about several times um, and talk about very openly and consistently with my, my sister. And it's about living. Like, are you living um, or are you waiting to live? the life that you want are you living the life you want or are you waiting to live the life you want and I say this because and I'm gonna break it up because it's it's a it's a it's a very broad topic and so I'm gonna really talk more on the finances part and the mindset shifting part those are the two things I'll focus on um many of us um have this common thing as adults and that is debt. <laughs> if you talk to the five people around you right now um, and ask them if they carry any debt, they're going to probably say yes. Um, out of the five people, four will tell you that they carry a significant amount of debt, right? Because debt is very common amongst Americans, especially. Um, some of us, by the time we hit the age of 18, we've already started in debt, especially if we have gone to is gone to institutions for such as four-year colleges, state, you know, institutions, done grad school work, um, done any technical training, anything where we had to pay for our education and take on some, some loans, we took on some debt. So we started with debt pretty early in our adult life. Um, some of us are carrying debt because we purchased a large property, such as a home, or maybe you purchased a business, you purchased a brick and mortar. So a brick and mortar meaning like you purchased a restaurant that you work out of and that you serve people out of, right? Or you have a storefront that you sell products out of, right? So maybe you inherited debt from that. Um, uh, or you're into real estate and you accumulate some debt to make that real estate business work. Um, or you purchased a car. Uh, how many of us went into a car dealership hoping for them to approve us for a loan because we didn't have the cash out right to pay for the car right there. So we had to carry that debt. Um, we have credit card, consumer debt. So um, no one really explained what a credit card was really for. So you went and got so many credit cards and went and used it however you used it. And then now you carry the debt of that credit that you would use to purchase things, right? So, we, so it was a very common thing. And sometimes people, because the debt becomes so enormous and it becomes so um, challenging to deal with, they might just forego it and say, oh, I ain't going to pay, you know, screw it. I'll do, I'll let it do what it do, right? It'll sit on my credit, whatever. And then some people say, well, I got to do everything to pay this debt because 
it's affecting me. It's stressing me out. It's get, it, it's stopping me from making the purchases that I want to make because that could stop you from purchasing a home. It could stop you from getting loans for our business. It can really harm you. So, um, you know, credit is purchasing power. And if your debt that you're carrying is really high, it could stop you from doing certain things or getting certain things to your life. But I'm here to tell you this. There are people that you probably know, follow on Instagram, see on Facebook, see out there in social media world who are very successful, very accomplished, make a good bit of money, but have debt themselves. They carry large amounts of debts, actually. But some of it, it's not debt that's stopping them from living the life they want to live. This is what I want you to understand. And this is what sparked this session for me and got me thinking. So I'm watching this video on Instagram. And this guy's talking about when he was working as a working in the police department. And he worked with this lady. Um, and you know, he used to travel. He used to go and travel and stuff. And what you know, never allowed his debt or anything to stop him he just went and enjoyed and lived his life right but he worked with this lady who was like oh she was working towards her retirement so she's like oh I got 10 years and all those places you're going you know let's call him Jeff all those places you're going Jeff I'm going to you know go you put that list together for me when I hit my 10 year mark to retire I'm going to all these places And she kept telling Jeff this story over and over again. And she got close to her retirement. And I think she was like a month away from it. And she's like, yeah, Jeff, give me those list of places you go. Because in 30 days, I'm going to be retired and I'm going. And Jeff was like, all right, you know, I'll give you those. I'll give you that list. And all the time, Jeff is thinking, why is this woman waiting? Like, go live your life. Why is this woman waiting for retirement? Before she like goes and lives her life. So um, he explains that even after you retire, you have to wait 30 days to get your money. You're not going to get it right away. He said within those 30 days of the woman retiring that he worked with, her husband comes up to the police station and they had he known the, the husband because he's seen her, seen him at different you know, company parties and functions, and he looks very sad. And he was like, "Yo, what happened to uh, to the lady Sarah? We're gonna call her." And come to find out, she had died. She didn't even make it to the thirty days of being in retirement. And he talked about how that was such a sad moment because. This woman had been waiting all these years to live her life and didn't even make it 30 days into her retirement. And this is not, she's not the only one that's experienced this. There's been plenty of people. I've heard stories, um, you know, of men uh, who worked 40 years at a company and didn't last a good year outside of that last day, last year you know, last few days they had on this earth. 40 years, killed themselves, worked hard, did everything, sacrificed, and they couldn't make it a year out of retirement. 
to enjoy all the fruits of their labor. And I'm here to tell you guys, are you, I'm here to ask you, are you living the life that you want right now? Or are you waiting to live it? Because do you want to be the Sarah who couldn't make it 30 days out of retirement? Do you want to be the person who worked 40 years for a company and then you couldn't even last to, to enjoy the money? Because now your family's enjoying that money. Because if you have pensions, if you have life insurance, if you have those things, they enjoy that. And you don't enjoy a penny of it. Because you worked so much and didn't live your life. This hit me so hard. When I watched two, I watched three, excuse me, three brothers pass away at ages and stages in their life. Where they couldn't enjoy the rest of it. They couldn't see their kids grow up. They couldn't see their grandkids. They don't get to see the things that I'm now seeing. And that's when it clicked for me. Are you living the life you want now? Or are you waiting for those opportunities to fall in your lap? Pay some debt first before you do it. I talk to y'all today. Yes, I'm someone who does financial coaching. I, and I say coaching. I'm not an expert. I'm not an analyst. I don't go and watch the market and tell you what to do. I'm a coach who's lived an experience, who's done the research, who's been coached herself to tell you there are things that even a financial coach will tell you, don't wait for, go try and do it. I'm not debt free, probably will never be debt free at, at, in the next two years. I won't be debt free in the next two years. I'll have less debt. But I'm also looking to take on more debt because I want to purchase a home. So should I wait until I got $300,000 before I go and do something like that? Or should I, you know, look to invest in a home that I know I can gain some some, some uh, um, equity back in and invest in it now? Because I'm not 100% debt free. I still have student loans for my undergrad, which I've been out of undergrad for over 20 years. That's a whole nother story with student loans. And I have my grad school loans, which is a significant amount. But it's not going to stop me from doing the things that I want to do because I'm still going to travel. Look, guys, I went, on, I went on three trips out of the country last year. I promised myself to do four trips. And I was pretty close to doing it. I booked my fourth trip. But canceled because, you know, I wasn't feeling well at the time and had to cancel. But I'll say this. Nothing was going to stop me from going on those trips. I didn't make a significant amount or have a huge increase when I paid for those trips or planning. I was making significantly less than I've ever made. But I was not I was not going to allow where I was financially to stop me from doing the things I want to do because we afford the things we want. And we pay for the things we need. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We afford the things we want. And we pay for the things we need. And at that time, I had gone through some crazy stuff the year before. Financially. I had lost so many things. I lost my car. I almost lost my home. I had lost a job. I was going through a lot that previous year before I made these commitments to these trips. And while I was going through those things... I, the only thing I was very determined not to lose was my mind. I didn't want to lose my mind because I knew the minute I lost my mind, the things that I was trying to do were not going to work. I kept motivating myself by saying, you know what? All this that I'm going through financially will one day end. But is it going to stop me from living the life that I want to live? No. 
I started to think about what were the habits that I had financially that was leading me to places where I would have to lose something. It taught me a great lesson that I needed to build that blessing fund regardless of what I, where I was financially because I didn't have the option of not building that fund. I always had to have at least something in my back pocket so if anything were to happen, I was good. You know what the greatest lesson I learned? I almost lost my apartment because I didn't have $100 to pay rent and I was too ashamed to ask someone for money to pay the rent. When I could have borrowed a hundred bucks at zero interest from a family member, <laughs> that would have saved me the, the, the hundreds of dollars I had to end up paying because I didn't ask for a hundred dollars. I had to pay an additional $500 on top of my rent to save my apartment and borrow the full amount because at, the, at one point I'm like, well, I don't have to rent, so I need to pay for other things, so I started paying for other things. Y'all. But did you, did you think, what I thought from that moment was, I'm not going to lose everything. I'll be fine. But I'm also not going to stop living because I'm in debt. Because I have all these financial things going on. I had to reevaluate what was my priority. Well, yes, my priorities are making sure we got a roof over our head all the time. So what's the first thing that gets paid? My rent. I have to ensure that we have the needs of our home met. So yes, we got to have food. We got to have these lights on. We got to have things that make us function properly, right? Food, home, food, needs. You know what I'm saying? We needed our needs met. So those were the things that whatever I got paid, got taken care of first. And then everything else was a different decision. It was what was priority for that month. And bills got paid. Of course, because I had to make sure all my bill got paid. I make sure our internet is paid because why? The internet is what I not only use for entertainment, but it's how I run my business. It's how I work from home with the job that I have. So that internet got to get paid. You hear what I'm saying? And I had significant debt when I was going through all that stuff. But that was not going to stop me from living. And when I made that commitment to say, hey, my, when I turn 40, I'm going to travel out of the country four times this year because I'm not waiting until I'm 65 or older to travel. I want to do it when I'm younger. I'm mobile. I'm, I'm, I love having fun. Like I enjoy fun. I'm single, very single. I want to do it now and do it when I want to do it because I don't want to wait until I find somebody to do it. Or I don't want to wait till I'm older and can't really do it. I want to do it now. So I made that decision. I went to Jamaica. I went to the Dominican Republic. And I went to the Bahamas for my 40th birthday. And I hadn't been to Jamaica or Dominican Republic before. Awesome experiences. You couldn't couldn't take... The money spent on them didn't even matter. Because, look, I, I made sure I looked up some great deals to make those things happen, right? I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't go crazy. I still made a budget for those trips. But I paid for them in installments. I, I looked at installment plans. I looked at, you know, budgeting different ways. So, yeah, it meant, like, we probably had the same three meals, me and my daughter, in the same week. Because that's what you do to make things happen in life. 
you know, you do what you got to do because, like I said, you afford the things you want and pay for the things you need. I'll say that one more time. You afford the things you want, but pay for the things you need. And and when you are waiting, you're putting a time stamp on the things you want. When you could have them now, if you made some decisions, you could see how much more more precious life would be. Because I tell you, I saw three brothers pass away at various ages and not get to see the things in life that they had hoped and prayed for. And two of them had terminal illness. They had sickle cell anemia. Well, with sickle cell, you're not even expected to make it to your midlife. One of them did. One, one of them made it to 44. The only one died at 27. So th- I say these ages because they're significant numbers and, and times in my life. So I imagine here, I have a 27-year-old brother who dies. I'm 11 years old at the time. I think 27 is so old. I, I, I'm like, oh my God, 27 is is old in my head. I'm thinking he's lived. And then I, when I turned 27, I'm pregnant with my daughter. And I thought to myself, oh my God. What if I pass away? What if I have my daughter? And I just, I leave this earth with the days of having her. Who would, who, who's responsible for her? Who takes care of her? Like that blew my, that's when it clicked. Wow, he left this earth so soon. Was at 27, he had a four-year-old and a five-year-old on this earth. And he didn't get to see either of them grow up. He never got to walk his daughter down the aisle to see her marry her husband. He will never see his grandkids. But my brother tried to live the best life he could because he knows he knew his days were numbered. Because like I said, they're not, when you have sickle cell anemia, you're not meant to live past a certain age. Hopefully with research, we see the life expectancy expand. But I'm talking, these guys were born in the 60s. So they didn't have the life expectancy that today some sickle cell anemia patients do. And then the brother who died at 44, several kids on this earth. His last child was around six, I believe, when he passed. He never saw that boy grow up. But he tried with his time on this earth to live a fulfilled life. He, he, he was so determined. I remember sometimes I would say to him, why are you doing so much? You are sick. And he said, I don't use my illness as a crutch. I don't use it to define me and I don't use it to hold me back. So I'm going to live. This man was planning trips out of the country and he was in our hospital beds. He was trying to do, he was a musician, so he was very creative. He would create songs, like thousands of songs we heard after he had passed away that he never published. Because all he wanted to do was just to have his art be in the world. He released an album before he died. I mean, he was committed to living the life he wanted to live because he knew his days were numbered. So when you think about how many days do you have on this earth, we don't know. But we have to live as if it could be tomorrow. 
So stop waiting to live. Stop allowing time to be like you control it. You don't control time. God does. You don't control when and where things happen. You control your reaction. You control your intentions. You control what you put out there. So I had to say, hey, I had to watch multiple family members leave this earth before their time in my mind, right? Before their time. So do you think I want to hold back and wait until I retire to live the life that I know that I should be accustomed to at this point? Should I allow things to be um, so, so disconnected from reality? Should I be so, should I allow what I see today to be what determines what I do? Because sometimes we're seeing what it is today we're going Man, I can't do X, Y, and Z. Man, I can't go out on this trip. Because right now, the way things looking ain't looking so good for me. So I'm not even going to plan that trip that's in six months. How do you know what's going to happen in six months? You don't know. You don't know what blessings that might be coming. Or you're so afraid to leave that job. That job that you hate. That job that you are miserable. I talk to people on a daily basis. I work with people who hate their jobs. Hate the coming up, coming into the, the office in the morning. Hate showing up and they work from home. And they complain and complain. And, and I said, at one point, when are you going to stop complaining and change your circumstance? Because if you see this job as what it is, it's a job. It pays your bills. It's something you're doing to earn income so that you can take care of your life. Then you wouldn't be so invested and pissed off every day. I mean, I got a call from a co-worker yesterday. I'm home. You know, I work from home several days a week. Thankfully, that was something I asked. That was something I actually, it was a determining factor for me on what next job I was getting. I was like, I want the flexibility of working from home. Because I need the comfort of my home to be able to work. Sometimes I work better. So I put it, I put it on my list of goals and I put it on my vision board. I was like, I want to get the next job that I get. And this was two going on three years ago. I did this. Um, I'm going to the job next job I get. I wrote it down in my journal. It's going to be a work from home job. So I'm working from home. It's Friday evening. I've already shut down. I've turned off my laptop, turned off my work phone. Um, an email had popped in uh, on my work phone. It was asking for a response from my boss, but she didn't respond to the email. So I figured I shouldn't because they're looking for her to respond. I get a call from one of my colleagues, one of my counterparts, and she's like, and it's six o'clock is on my personal phone. So I thought something happened with her because we're friendly. And so I answer the phone and I'm like, hey, girl, what's up? This girl starts telling me about this email that my boss is supposed to respond to. Our, bo- our boss is supposed to respond to. And she's like freaking out about it. Why did she respond to it? What should we do? I said, what do you mean? What, what should we do? I'm like, this woman saw the email. She didn't respond. Now it's my responsibility to respond. No. It's six o'clock on a Friday. I said, why are you worried about it? I said, yeah, I saw the email. They didn't ask for me to respond to it. So I shut my phone off and I went about my evening. I suggest you do the same. You should not allow this to stress you out. It's an email for God's sake. 
you have you're gonna have pressure and anxiety over an email from work that you can't do nothing about at six o'clock on a Friday. I mean, come on, people. Go live your life. You can't get your Friday evenings back sometimes if you waste it. Go enjoy company. I was in the company of a. I was enjoying my time with my friend. And she interrupted it to tell me about something about work. I don't got time for that. Because that's clear in my head. My job is for that reason. It's a job. It's not my career. It is not what I'm passionate about. It is what it is. And I thank God for it every day because it's the source of investment for other things in my life. The things that I'm most passionate about because, yeah, I, you know what I'm passionate about? My business and teaching and teaching women how to live the life they want to live and make the money that they want to make and hustle hard to get it. So that's what I'm passionate about because I could get up on a Saturday morning at 7.30 and record a podcast session because that's what I love to do. I'm passionate about it. That doesn't take time away from me. That's creative. But don't call me on a Saturday morning at 7.30 to ask me to do something for my job that ain't paying me any extra to do it. You know what I'm saying? Live your life. Stop allowing things that don't give you pleasure, give you money, give you time back. And stop investing time in that. Invest in the things that going to give you your time back so that you can go and live the life you want to live. That you can go on those trips. You don't want to be Sarah who waited 10 years and couldn't even go on the first trip that she was planning. You want to be the person that invested so much into a marriage, a dead-end marriage, and wake up the next day and wonder why you were in that marriage and you didn't live your life. You want to be the woman who waited and waited for her kids to grow up and didn't do the things she wanted and now can't do the things she wants because now her kids are grown and moved on and she's still waiting to live. You don't want to be the single mother who allowed her circumstance because she felt it was so dire, she was lacking money, lacking time, lacking energy, lacking love, and she didn't let her life be lived because she felt all those things she lacked didn't allow her to live her life. I'm not talking to y'all because I'm perfect. I've been through some stuff. I've gone through some stuff, and I still go through some stuff, but I'm not gonna stop living. Because I've seen examples around me of people living their best life. And this shit ain't right all the time. I, I follow people on the gram that I know. That I know, no, no. That I know this stuff is not all the way perfect. But that doesn't stop them from living. They show up every day and they live. Wake up in the morning and thank God you got breath. And say, okay, God, I got breath today. Let me do something that's going to inspire somebody. Let me do something that's going to inspire me. Let me do something that's going to make me, give me time back. Let me hustle hard so I can do the things that I want to do. Until you get that through your head, you're going to be waiting to live. And not living the life that you want to live. So I thank you this morning for listening to my podcast session. I am so grateful to y'all. Really, I am. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the shares. Thank you for listening. Please, you know, share this with somebody else because I want, I really want my single mothers out there to understand this and understand this well. Just because you go this journey alone doesn't mean you have to do this all the way alone. Seek 
some like-minded people and go on a journey to live the best life you want to live. Because when you seek happiness and when you seek pleasure, when you seek the goodness in life, those are the things that you need to come into play will. And I'm saying this because when I started to shift my mind around what I wanted in my life and what I wanted and needed to make me happy, I saw a different life. I saw things come in my life that I, I till this day, I'm like, God bless me. I saw money change in my life. I don't expect, I, I give, I give freely because I know I will always be blessed. I don't worry about the money because I know the money will show up. And I tell you nine times out of 10, the money shows up. Because I'm expecting it. I don't expect less of me. I don't expect less of the people that I want in my life. I expect more. So when you expect more, and when you give more, you get more. So remember this. You afford the you afford to pay, you can afford to pay for the things that you want in this life. You just have to shift your mind around it. So thanks again. Continue to follow me on this, on the platforms. You heard my podcast, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. Share this with some folks. I thank you all. You can, If you are a single mom looking to change money in your life, you can join my Savvy Money Mindset group. Um, I'm so grateful to y'all. Thank you so, so much. Have a wonderful and blessed day.